0: And with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started with our lesson, lesson number 16, continuing in the series with uh, Jennifer Rothschild's book, Missing Pieces. Um, This is a great lesson, so we're going to have have a good good time with this one, and I'm prayerful that it, it touches you in a place. It's a great lesson in reference to how we talk about when we pray and we want to know if God answers our prayer. And we've got... An issue to deal with here that is going to be hopefully uh, changing as far as your opinion or attitude on how God does address prayer with us. And it's going to be, it has to do with when God is silent. This is a very, very good study. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we will get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to sit quietly before you now and just hear you speak to us. Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for how you look after us. We thank you for how you teach us. We thank you for how you mold and shape us into the person that you would have us to be in service for you. We thank you again, Lord, for your relationship with us. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lesson number 16. Eloquent silence. This is in the continuing study on, God, do you hear prayer? We know the obvious answer is that God does hear the prayer of those he deems righteous, and he listens to us. He hears all prayers. But we also know that God, in his sovereignty, he's dealing with all of us individually And there are lessons that all of us can learn individually in this whole thing about communication with him. So let's start with this. So here we are at the top, starting with Jennifer Rothschild. Let's start our time today with silence. Let's start our time today with silence. Pause and quiet your soul, your phone, now if you were at home, your TV, or whatever noise is going on around you. In my case, I'll give my dog Lucy a bone so she won't whine. So there's no distractions. Now, since we're in a large classroom, you're going to just need to be still for a few moments. Now, I also recommend taking some deep breaths while sitting up straight with good posture. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. At least this time, I'm serious. Let's be quiet for just a moment. Sit quietly. okay, I have an observation about this thing about being still. Each of us is different in how we respond to that. You can tell a whole room of people to be quiet and be still, and you'll see different responses for different individuals. You might not be talking, but you're doing something. Okay? How do you feel after sitting silently for a while? Relaxed. Now, if that's the case, you should be sitting silently. If you if you feel relaxed after sitting quietly for a while, you should be doing this stuff all the time. Knowing how busy you are, if sitting quietly means you're going to stop and relax for a little while, boy, that should be on your list of things to do all the time.
1: I have to do that, uh, quite often.
0: You have to do it quite often? Your nerves. Okay.
1: And I breathe when I take
0: quiet. Yes. Taking, when I said take a deep breath, that's something I added into this. Taking a deep breath and sitting up straight. Because if you're slouched, that's not good for you. You need to be, you need to have proper posture. You need a proper posture when you're up walking around. These are all things that you're doing. But when you're sitting and taking a deep breath, what are you doing? You're taking in more oxygen. You're actually taking in something that's good for your brain. It's good for your brain. It's good for the way that your circulation, all these things are important when it comes to relaxation. Okay. Now you're doing it because you have health issues and it's important for you to do it. So there's different reasons for doing it. And, but it's all technically, it's good for all of our health to do those very things. Okay. Anyone else? You can meditate when you're quiet. Ding. That's important because we'll talk about that. You can meditate. Yes, Sharon. God can speak to you when you're quiet. How profound. That's exactly right. God can speak to you. God can say something to you when you're quiet. Very true. Anyone else?
1: Okay. You know, another thing, I can, um, when I relax, I can relax my muscles. I'm just tight all the time. Okay. But then, when I think about my just relax, I could feel my body
0: just the muscles. You're releasing any tension, that's right. There's all kinds of reasons. We've given all good reasons for just sitting down and being quiet for a while. Yes. You can, hear and you, can you can hear and you can receive. That's exactly following what Sharon's saying. You can hear and you can receive something. Now, we'll get into this a little bit deeper as we go. The way I feel about silence, this is Jennifer speaking. Depends on what's going on in my life or heart. Sometimes silence is relaxing. It brings tranquility. What is tranquility? It's a state of calmness, peacefulness, uh, serenity. Other times it can make me way too aware of my anxiety. Now this is Jennifer speaking. Stress or anything else I would rather avoid. So sometimes silence makes me want to avoid silence. Now, that's her speaking. And you have to understand something. If you have anxiety, sometimes you need something or stimuli to help you to not dwell on your anxiety. You, like music, something to kind of distract you from dwelling on what's really a problem. And that's true, too. So silence has its great points, but depending upon where you are, too much silence may not be good for you. But that's a very general statement. It's an individual thing. For those who know about anxiety or for those who have panic attacks, what do you have to do sometimes to avoid a panic attack? Think about something else. Think about something that's going to take you away from that thing that causes you panic. That's why I'm mentioning what I'm mentioning. Because if you dwell on the fact that I don't like what's going on right now, this is not good, you need to focus on something else. So in that way, this is what Jennifer is talking about. Maybe she's implying that she's had issues with anxiety and panic attacks, and so too much silence for her is not good. But by and large... For our conversation today, silence is good. It's necessary. It relieves stress for some of us. It relieves anxious moments. It makes us not think about being in this crazy world that we live in. Okay. Now this matter of silence this is me talking quietness is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? It's because it has an impact or effect on your communication life, your communication life with Jesus Christ. Being quiet is part of your communication life with Jesus. One thing about, yes, you pray, but now sometimes you need to be quiet to hear what? What God is saying to you. That's communication. Communication is two people or two persons communicating with one another. Effective communication, though, is being a good speaker and being a good listener, too. That's effective communication. We've had this discussion a long time ago about communication. I took communication in school. I got a degree in communication, business and organizational communication. And one of the things we talked about, what is effective communication? being able to speak properly, and being able to listen properly. There's a lot of folks that we deal with sometimes who can talk all they want to, and they are horrible listeners. You ain't communicating with them. But in order for you to be silent, you can put in place the way that God speaks to you, and you can hear him. As we are called to live according to God's image, this time of silence involves the M in image that we have spoken about before, which is meditation. That's why I did the ding, ding, ding of God's word. Meditation. Not transcendental meditation. Not sitting and saying, oh, nothing like that. There is nothing wrong with meditation. Why is there nothing wrong with meditation? God speaks about it. It's in scripture. There's nothing wrong with meditating on God's word. It's very important to do that. It's very effective. It's how you learn God's word. How do you learn something? You have to study it. You have to study it. You learn something by studying it. You ever read a book? And just go through the book and then, what did I just read for the last 150 pages? Sometimes you have to take in whatever the message is that's being given to you. When you're reading a story or a novel, you have to get into the characters. You have to get into the story. You've got to get into the subject matter to learn exactly what's going on. You don't just read something for the sake of reading it. You have to learn it. Yes.
1: So listen, you whatever but you got
0: to the Now, we're going to look into this a little bit more deeply because I want you to understand something. All of us learn differently. Correct? I can make general statements that are generally true. But they're not always 100% true for everyone. And we'll get into that as we go further in this study. So meditation is important. Why is it important? It's a consistent reflection upon God's word. It makes for a successful journey in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. There is a causal effect in how God responds to such a person. Why is it important for you to meditate on God's word? Look at what it says on your handout on Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Amazingly, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, sets up your life. Did you have your hand up? I didn't mean... Oh, okay. Sets up your relationship with the Lord by reading the Psalms. The Psalms, again, it is poetry. It is talking about your emotions, your feelings, the very things that you're going through But Psalm 1 gives you an indicator as to how important this meditation thing is. The causal effect is that God blesses you because you take the time to stop and study his word. You study his word because it's important to you. It's important to you because you want to be obedient to him. You want to live according to the things he's been teaching you and he blesses you. Look at what it says in Psalm 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway of with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers? You're a happy person. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Day and night implies all day long. You either got daytime or you got nighttime. It's a focus all day long. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he or she does prospers. You're taking the time to sit and hear God speak to you in the meditation while you're studying his word means there is a blessing in that. In other words, there ain't nothing better than being in God's word. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than that. Plain and simple, the believer in Jesus is happy and follows his instruction. He loves reading the word so much that it is part of his daily routine. He is successful in whatever he does because he is obedient to God and his will. Now, remember, if you go back to the word image that we have been following, the I stands for investigating God's word, not just reading it, but investigating it, getting deeper and deeper into it, using things like references. You're studying the word and you're getting deeper into it. So you're an investigator. And then once you do that investigation, now you sit quietly and you meditate over what you've been going through in his word. You sit quietly in prayer and allow God to speak to you. You're not just rambling, vain statements over and over again because that means you're doing all the talking and you're not listening. I'm serious about this. We, we need to avoid any prayers that are repetitive, that basically say stuff over and over again. That doesn't make you more godly because you're running your mouth. Did I say that? Oops, I'm sorry. But it doesn't make you any more godly. It doesn't get you any closer to God because you're doing all the talking. Meditate on what God is teaching you. Go to Joshua one eight, Please. There are numerous scriptures that reinforce this way of thinking. Numerous scriptures. I've got four that I, I selected. Joshua 1.8. And notice how it almost mirrors what Psalm 1 says in this passage. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So that you what? Be careful to do what is being written, being obedient to his word. You are being careful to do that. You're taking the time to study it and you're learning it. And it's not just something like, oh man, I forgot. No, this is something you remember if you keep doing this over and over again. Remember, you're talking about hiding the word in your heart so that you might not sin against him. Hiding the word in your heart requires what? Study and meditation. Requires it. It's a requirement. Study means focusing on the word and meditating on it. Learning it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How do you make your way prosperous? Studying his word, being obedient to his word. God is going to bless you as you remain obedient to his word. Amen? Amen. There is no debate about that. We know from experience, God blesses those who are focused on him and trying to do what's right by him. No question about that. Let's flip over to Proverbs chapter 4. You have to bear with me here, too. I'm, I've got some new glasses here. Maybe you might have noticed that. And they're those progressives. I've never worn progressives before. This is my first time. So I got eyesight here. That I can see far away right here. And I'm, I suppose I got eyesight down here where I can look up close. And I keep doing like this because it's like, boy, I'm making an adjustment here. So bear with me on that. But I, so far it's been okay. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 through 22. Now, see, what's really funny, I can stand way back here and I can see what's on my iPad, (laughs) which is fine. That that works well for me. Um, Verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Now, this is a comment where basically, let's paraphrase it, God is speaking to you. Be attentive to my words. Pay attention to what's being said. If a pastor is speaking to you and giving you that's good wisdom, latch on to that. Incline your ear to my sayings. Basically, that's a good way of saying pay attention. Pay attention. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. If you're not letting them escape from your sight, that means you have to be reading something. You have to be studying something. And then you're putting it into your heart, meaning I'm going to live that way. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. What do we really want from the Lord? Healing. We want spiritual healing. We want emotional healing. We want physical healing. We want all these different ways to be healed because we are in these bodies that break down. Amen? Amen? That's what we want. That's what we need. We need energy. How many of you want to have energy? Amen. Can you, dig it? Can you dig it? That's right. We want energy. We want to be able to move about because we know that sometimes a friend of ours was outside doing leaves yesterday. It took them six hours. Six hours to do their yard of leaves. Because all the leaves came down, and, you know, that was the opportunity. After all the leaves come down, you try and get them all cleaned up. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you've got, you got a bunch of leaves in your yard, you've got to have now the, the serious, if you're on a half an acre, okay, you need to have a blower. You need to have a big, not this little thing that you hold in your hand here. That thing will take forever, blowing leaves, and you're moving your arm, and that will wear you out after a while. You need one of them big machines, right? That you can wheel back and forth and start blowing leaves back and forth. But it took them six hours. And you are worn out after six hours of doing leaves. Amen? The reality is, is that we pray for energy. Because just because you've done the leaves, guess what? There's other stuff that has to be done too. So we pray for energy. We pray for whatever. We want healing. We want God to heal and touch our bodies. Touch us emotionally, touch us spiritually, touch us physically. Psalm 119. Now remember, we're still talking about this thing called silence. So we're not getting away from that at all. We are actually reinforcing it. The importance of this thing about meditating on God's word. And it requires us to be silent. Requires us to. Quiet our spirits. You notice that some of our prayers when we start Sunday school are what? Quiet our spirits. Quiet our souls. It's the perfect opportunity for the spirit to speak to you when you quiet your souls and spirit. Say it again, please.
1: God didn't have to talk to you over your ravens you raven and calling and screaming and
0: well, he shouldn't have to, but he, he, he shouldn't. You know, sometimes he does. Be quiet. Look at what it says in Psalm 119.11. I already said this. I have stored up your word in my heart. I'm reading from the ESV version. Stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, we all sin. Amen. We're in the flesh. But we also know that the great way to combat our flesh is to do what? Meditate on his word and study it and go back over it again and go back over it again. You know what makes you sin. Don't you? Sure you do. Guess what? That's a learned behavior. That's a learned behavior. Everything that you've learned about sin, you've learned on your own. You know what pushes your buttons. The way for you to combat that is to stop yourself and quiet yourself and get into his word. Ask for his forgiveness and say, Lord, help me with this thing. And let him speak to you. Hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against you. Now, the way that's phrased is very telling. Might not means you might. But you want to be on the other side saying, I don't want to. I don't want to sin. That's why you meditate on his word. And lastly, let's go to Philippians 4.8. When you've got time on your hands, it's a good idea for you to focus on those things that are good for you. Amen? Amen? Some of us, when we have time on our hands, focus on those things that aren't so good for us. Amen? <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. How you spend your time is very important in this whole process. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Notice how I slowed down as I read that passage, because you need to focus on those things that you need to look at. What is true? What is honorable? What is just? What is pure? What is lovely? What is commendable? Think about these things. If you're thinking about these things, you don't have time to sin. Plain and simple. Honestly, if you are scuffling with the ability to sit and meditate on God's word, then seek help from Jesus on this. If you are scuffling with the idea, I can't have it quiet, well, that's an issue. You have to have some semblance of quietness in your life to study God's word. Amen? You can't do it when you've got trains going back and forth behind you all the time. There are things that you have to do to control your environment in order to study Seek help from Jesus on this. You know, maybe, over on page two now, You turn over, maybe it has to do with eliminating distractions and working on your level of concentration. Now, some of us are not great at concentration. If you struggled in school because you couldn't stay focused on something, well, that's an issue, and that's something that you can pray to God about. You know, everything doesn't have to have medication, amen? You don't have to be medicated on everything that happens. There are some things that God genuinely will help you with. God helped Gus with his stuttering. He wasn't taking anything for that. There are things that we need to focus on where it, prayer and seeking the Lord with it will fix it, will help you with it. If you are ADD, you can pray for guidance here, too. That's why, exactly why I put that in there. I probably have mild ADD. I probably do. Because I know that it's easy for me to get distracted. You know, it's not a big... Don't all stare at me and look at me like, You have ADD? I'm telling you I have mild ADD. I know me. I know who I am. I know what I have to do. I know I have to put things in front of me to help me focus on god's word and that's fine that's what i do it works works for me i'm not on any medication or anything like that you pray about it you seek the lord with stuff like this if concentration is an issue for you seek the lord with this look at your environment what kind of environment are you in what do you have to do to work on that environment to help fix it so that you are at an optimal level of study when it comes to hearing God speak to you and studying His Word? You had your hand up.
1: Uh, I understand the term, I just never understood what it meant.
0: Attention deficit disorder? Does
1: that mean if you don't pay attention that you've got a disorder? No.
0: That's what it's labeled. That's the label for it, that's the technical label for it. Attention Deficit Disorder. There, there is a school, Lawrence School, that specifically teaches kids who have been diagnosed with Attention Deficit Disorder. And they're bright kids, but they have a special teaching method for those children to teach them where they can remain focused and hear the material. Look it up. Lawrence School. It's actually in the area, and they do a fantastic job with that. Now, they're very expensive, too. But you have to understand what, why these people are at Lawrence School. The regular public school systems are inadequate in take talking to and dealing with kids that have hyperactive attention deficit. Attention deficit and hyperactive, hyperactive disorders. But there is a way to even teach them. Okay? So there is such a thing. It's been diagnosed. And they have a different behavior system. But these are bright kids and they could be taught just like we can be taught. They just have to have a different methodology. That's all. You have three in your class? Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I stand up. I love because brain is That's what's firing. Their brain is firing. That, that's exactly what it is. And it's nothing more than the fact that their brain is functioning differently than most people. Yes. Right. Correct. Correct. Exactly right. It's not that there's something wrong with them, it's something that we have to work with to teach them. Go ahead, I'm sorry. You just have a attention deficit and you put disorder in it. I'm just using, that's the term. I don't think it's, I don't think it is instructive. I think it's, the word, the the word disorder, I would rather not have in there. I agree, But, but I'm explaining it because that is the way it's described. But I agree with you. Yep. Yep. Well, just you're, I think what you're doing is you're hanging on the disorder part as being a negative. But we have to look at it from a standpoint that it is not the norm. It's the way the word is used. It's the way the word is. If you probably look at the root meaning of disorder, you might want to say, it might actually say something that's out of the norm. It may not necessarily be a negative connotation. So we have to know definitions of words, too. I'm just cautioning you on that because that's we we typically make disorder a negative thing okay i observed and that see that's why i said what i said yeah that's right
1: were. yeah, well, yeah mm-hmm. that uh huh
0: Started getting unnerving, didn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I saw movement. That was the observation I was making. Now, she kind of put herself on full blast with that because I saw Donna. Donna was messing with her cup. She was messing with her plate. She was doing. Because when you tell some people to be silent, you're going to get different responses. And that's okay. Now, I know our class is almost over. Some of us have found a way to listen to music. And it has to be a certain kind of music, a quiet music, that actually helps us to be able to read and study. A lot of college kids are into this now. They will have headphones on and they'll be reading and studying and they'll be taking in information. And they'll have quiet music playing either in their headphones or in the background. And for them it works. And I have to admit, I've tried it in the afternoon at work. I'll have some music playing. It's a specific, very low-key type of music. We're not talking about brass bands blowing music all over the place. We're talking about very specific, low-tone, quiet sounds. And it's relaxing to listen to, and it helps you focus on your work. So music does have an impact. Even Now, this is not the same thing. I don't recommend it while you're studying God's word. It's a different type of work that you're doing. You're doing work that's more methodical. It's the work that you normally do, like when you're at work, sitting at your desk. Reading emails, checking stuff, looking at accounts, doing whatever it is. Totally different. But it does have a benefit. It's beneficial. Some of us can't take too much silence for too long. First thing we talk about at work is, man, it's so quiet in here. Like, no one's talking everybody asleep? <laughs> so we have to listen to that and see what it is. The quiet time that you need to focus on is always what? During your study time with the God's Word. The specific time that you're studying God's Word. That's the focus where we're talking about quietness. Being quiet in your spirit, quieting your soul, knowing that God is going to speak to you through what you're studying and what you're reading. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 We, we make it a point to pray at night before we lay down. Yes. Because we're focusing on what to pray for, who to remember, who to think about, and all that. It's okay to pray when you're laying down. I don't necessarily take that as a negative all the way across the board, because what is the whole purpose of laying down and going to bed? Getting some sleep, getting some rest? I don't think there's anything wrong with you praying and seeking the Lord and saying, "Lord, thank you for this day, thank you for what I've had. Somebody had their hand up. OK. Go ahead. I
1: find that if I'm having a sleepless night, let me start
0: praying. Amen. And I'll go right on up to sleep. Amen.: and a positive, it can be a too. Absolutely can be a positive. I mean the whole point is you gotta get your rest, amen. We can't function if we're having trouble getting our rest, sometimes the very thing we need to be doing is seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, I need to get some rest. Help me with this. Okay, here and I'll get you I'll come over here. When I'm working with somebody and helping
1: them to you know. So we have all
0: these Yep. Yep. Okay, nothing's gonna distract us 'cause we need what we need and we want and it's an emergency now. Mhm. So okay. we, we find the time to do those things that we want. That's true. And, and I think that Very true, you know maybe we you know, some we, we we are all different. Yeah. Has to be a priority. And you have to
1: find that time because we do those things
0: that we find. Yeah. We find time and we cry time out. Yep. Absolutely. We have to make it a priority. You have the last word.
1: Yes. <clears throat> um, when I'm ready to go to bed, I have problems. cuz I don't have any children, but I have little dogs. Okay. And my dogs do quiet music and they're Okay. Out. Okay. Like more music. okay. Yep. But I still don't think there's anything really wrong if you're in prayer like this. When I hear Hallelujah on the music, I sing a song.
0: Oh, no, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. We, we can't dwell on this now because our class is over. But there is a thing about music scientifically that shows that music while meditating is very effective. But it has to be a certain type of music. It can't just be, like I said, bad, brass band music. It's got to be a quiet, methodical music. Because there are many apps that are out on the Apple Store that talk about meditation and they, they're coupled with what? Music. It's been scientifically studied that it's effective in helping you focus on the Lord. So, did you have your... No words. Instrumental, Instrumental. yes. Oh yeah, no words. Instrumentals, that's exactly what it is. Okay, we must pray. We'll pick up, obviously this is a good topic. We'll pick up on this next week. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to sit quietly once again and hear you speak to us. We thank you for the reminders of what we do and how we come about and go about seeking after you and your word each day. We pray that we can continue to work on this. We pray that we continue to develop our relationship with you in study, in prayer, and in meditation. We thank you for the reminders of the importance of just quieting our souls and spirits. Lord, we want to hear you speak to us. Bless us and keep us, Lord. We pray for the upcoming message, Lord, that you be glorified in what's been said, what's being said. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll pick up next time.